feel bad with me. Father, come at this time to deliver a message, Lord, that I pray that it would be my voice, it would be your word. I pray that you would be in the midst of every part of it, that you would be in the middle of the receiving of it and in the middle of the giving of it, Lord. I know that uh, this does not happen without the presence of your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I thank you in advance for, for what you are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So our passage, this is, I'm going to be talking about Thanksgiving or giving thanks this, this morning. The passage that I'm going to start with is 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved. Isn't that cool? He desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know who Jesus is? The way, the truth, and the life. Isn't that cool? Paul, Scripture is amazing, you know, and it's got all this stuff in there. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle, I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. And that's Paul's message to Timothy. Uh, and I like the words thanksgiving. We have this, this season of the year, I like giving thanks, but thanksgiving. Giving, I split it a little bit. I said thanks, space, giving. Thanksgiving covers most or if not all of us in this room because some of us are really good at giving, right? And we're not very good at receiving. Others of us are really great at receiving. We struggle, though, with the giving part. Uh, so this one word, thanks and giving, speaks to both ends of that. It challenges us to be all that we can be in Christ. We are to be grateful for all that we have of all that God has provided to us, but at the same time, we're also all are to be willing to give of ourselves for the benefit of others, to get out of our own way and let God work through us and impact this community and this world of ours. And in fact, that last part, that being letting God work through us is how we will find true significance in our lives and in this world. It's not just in what we receive, it's primarily in what we give. And by choosing to impact the lives of others, the lives of those outside of us, the lives of, it, it, it's incredible what happens when we get outside of ourselves and we start to reach into this community and into this world and interact with people we may not interact with at any other time. We think it's going to be all about us helping them and it turns out so differently all the time. You see, we went, uh, the youth went on this trip. Uh, Drew, where'd we go? Yeah, see, you got to pay attention. I'll call on you. Where'd we go? <laughs> Puerto Rico. Uh, Drew was one of our uh, interpreters. He knows about 10 words of Spanish, so he kept using them over and over. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Good. So when we go next summer, you, you're going to be our interpreter. How about that? <laughs> So two, year, two years ago, we went on a mission trip to Puerto Rico. Kim Fisher made that happen, and she worked hard and brought that about. It was amazing. Uh, we met some really interesting people. I didn't have a picture of Rosa, uh, but you guys remember Rosa. Uh, she's kind of the neighborhood queen of her area, she, of, of her part of the city where we were. And uh, we worked on her deck, sorry, her outdoor platform, um, 
the youth have always, every time they go on a mission trip, they work on decks. So we decided this was not a deck. It was an outdoor platform. So you, y'all are going to be in good hands because Drew's, I think, is going to be helping. And Drew's built about 27 decks as a... <laughs> so we went through, through Rosa's and, and, she, and, and, and she was, uh, how would you describe her? Boisterous. She was fun. She was outgoing. She was loud. We also so saw Ileana, and Ileana is going to be over here. She's the, I know you can't see her very well, but she's in the center in the red. And we'd walk by her house, and she lives in like this little single room in this yard. And she wanted us to know, every time you see her, tell, I can't, I can't do Ileana, but tell the people of the United States how much we love them, how much we love them. And, and so she lives in this little, seriously, it's this little room, and her focus was, hey, we love you, and we want you to go tell people that. And, of course, there's Eduardo. Eduardo's up in between Harold and I. Uh, Eduardo met us. We didn't know who he was, the first worship service, because he was just kind of sitting in the back row, and we're like, who's the guy in the back, you know? But he came every worship service, and then he'd meet us at the gate, and, and one of my favorite pictures is when we were leaving, and, and I think Christy gave him our Arbor Point sign, and and he just held it up, and he has this sad look on his face, like, don't leave me. You know, but Eduardo showed up every day, and Eduardo was very sick, and he was in pain, and, and he was there every single day. The thing about each of them, and so many others, you'll see uh, up on the top right, we would go through the neighborhood and just pray for folks. We'd ask them if they needed pray, prayer, we'd pray for them. This on the top left is Mella Mulvey. Uh, we'd also, when they'd make extra food, and we'd take it to the neighborhood and just walk through the neighborhood and hand it out to anyone who wanted it. Um, and, of course, that's, that's the Ponce fire truck and lane, so that's self-explanatory, I, I, I guess. Um, so, um, uh, Lane had a, tr- had a real problem staying out of the street. Uh, he did almost get run over by an ambulance. He liked to pick up lizards and experience life, and so it would bite him. And Oh, these bite harder than the lizards in, in Georgia. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he, would, he, he would chase some, some of the iguanas, and the iguanas are, are large. So uh, it was a, it, we had to watch out for Lane a lot. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing about all of this, right, we had a great time. And we went to help them, but you know what? They showered love upon us, and it changed us. I, I've been to mission trips in, in, in Nicaragua, and I remember Juan, and, and of course the little boy, I told the story where he was running up the, up the street and jumped in my arms and spun around and then jetted off. All he, could, he just, you know, ran, just loved me, you know, and, and then left. <laughs> you know, it, but it, those things stick with you. I went, we went to Guatemala, and, and we served in a orphanage for disabled kids, and I had my guitar, and, and they, oh, they just love that. And I'll always remember those moments in Pico Escondido in the Dominican Republic, one of my first international trips for a Young Life camp that we were building. I'll always remember that. In Puerto Rico, I won't for- forget Ileana, and I won't forget Rosa. I'll never forget Eduardo. It was a powerful, powerful trip, and we were going to help them, but we received so much more. We received so much when we allowed ourselves to do that. See, they were grateful, they, and their gratitude showed to us just incredible things. Rosa, she didn't have much, but she fed us lunch, this group from America. She cooked food and fed us lunch. Uh, 
you have Ileana, who has her own struggles, but she would just hug you, you know, and, and, and didn't, none of that stuff seemed to matter. And, and of course, Eduardo, who loved us uh, and still does, we're still in contact. Each of them shared a love beyond themselves so that we could be impacted by that. And, and it was beyond their circumstances. They w- it was bigger. It was bigger than who they were. And it took me to this passage. It says, this is from Philippians 4, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I know the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, to get whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is when you see that passage. This is the context of that passage. We tend to take it out of context and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and turn it into stuff that it was never meant to. But if you want to know what that means, it means you can be content in any and every circumstance because you can do that through Christ who gives you strength. Contentment is available to you. Paul was on to something in this that often eludes us in our current life. Contentment is a choice. Let me say that again. Contentment is a choice that we make. We choose it. It's not something that's dictated to us by others. It's not something that's dictated to us by circumstances. If we find ourselves discontented, if we find ourselves in that place, then it's up to us to either accept that situation or change it because we can choose to do that. We have the ability to choose. Now, I have often prayed to God, Lord, take away my ability to choose, because I want to get it right the first time. I'll just say that up front. I like to get things right. Um, And God has answered that prayer consistently. You know what he's always told me? No. And and it's an emphatic no. It's not a wait for it. It's not a, uh, Lord, please just take away my will. No. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. And he's not going to do that for you either. But you can feel free to pray it. I'll just tell you the answer in advance. You know, it's one... (laughs) And it's not because he doesn't want me to get it right, because he really, really does want me to get it right. He wants me to make the right choice. He doesn't want me to make the wrong choice. He, doesn't, he, he, he wants that for me, but he's not going to take away my ability to choose wrongly or to choose poorly. The truth about that is that I think I, I really wanted, what I really wanted was not to have to make the choice. I just didn't want to have to make the choice to not run the risk of being wrong. I didn't want to run that risk, right? Because when we make choices, we don't know the outcome. We don't know what the future holds. And so we make the choice hoping, for the, hoping it's the right one. Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. And I don't like making mistakes. Amen? Yeah, it's not my thing. I, don't <laughs> I just don't like it. I like getting it right, you know? And you know what I do, though, consistently? I make mistakes, you know? So it's a little me to, to do that, to ask that question when I know that God loves me too much to ever take away my ability to choose. God knew and God knows that without choice there is not love. God will never take away our ability to love. But he's got to let us make those choices. He's got to let, let, give us the options and say, Here, here's your choice. You can choose me or you can not choose me. You can choose my path or you can choose another path. 
but I am not going to take away your ability to choose. There's a couple of examples in the Bible where he had a, an agenda that needed to be fulfilled, Pharaoh and things like that, but he doesn't take away our choice. And he allows us to make the wrong choice sometimes. That's what free will is, right? We've talked a lot about that. What's most amazing about that process of making those choices is that you know where growth tends to come from? Tends to come from mistakes. Tends to come from being put in a situation that's beyond us, where we reach a point where we go, okay, I don't know what to do now. I'm finally humble enough to, to, to ask for some help. When things are going right, I have no problem taking credit for that. When things are going wrong and I need help, then that's when I tend to reach out to God. See, we have this illusion in our lives. It's an illusion of control. We think that we are able to control things. So I hate to, I don't hate to, I was going to say I hate to tell you this, but I, I actually love to tell you this. You don't have control, period. You just don't have control. I know that's uncomfortable <laughs> for some of you. Some of you are like, wait a minute. My whole life is built on control. I do too have control. Okay, you have control over yourself. You don't have control over the behavior and actions of other people. You just don't. It's an illusion. It's an illusion that we grab hold of. Remember this passage from two weeks ago. It's out of 2 Corinthians 12. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses and insults and distresses and persecutions and difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's in our weakness that he shines through. It's in our weakness that, that he moves, gives us a strength beyond what we're able to do. Remember the, the Greek in this is, is that for my dunamis, for my dynamite, for, for, for my dynamic, for my power is made teleos, which is mature, which is, which, which is complete. It's perfect, perfected in, 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 in my asthenia, right? In my weaknesses, in my trials and tribulations. So my dunamis is made teleos in my asthenia, which says that my job is not to be perfect. It's to seek to be mature and complete in Christ. And then his strength moves in and takes over when I get out of the dang way. When I stay in the way, guess what? God's going to let me stay in the way. I get to choose. Am I going to? Isn't that crazy? The creator of everything allows me to get in his way and stop him from blessing me. But I do, and you do too. We do. It's part of the human condition. But my dunamis, my power, is made teleos, mature, in my asthenia, in my trials and tribulations. When you're going through trials and tribulations, God is working a work in you. He's making you stronger, but it's not your strength. He's making you stronger in him. He's making you stronger in a way that we can't do in and of ourselves. It comes from outside of us. It's not possible for us. So he does it if we let him. If we let him. 
So no matter what you're going through personally right now, it may be an awesome time entering. It's like, woohoo! what bells and whistles and ice cream. What does ice cream taste like? I've forgotten. <laughs> Peaches and cream, whatever, you know, it might be just a beautiful time in your life. And, and if it is, guess what? Yes, go for it. Just enjoy that. Enjoy that moment. Or it might be a really a difficult time and a struggle, and, and it's hard to get through. And if you're in the midst of that, know that God is working a work in you, and he is not going to leave you alone. He's not going to say, well, too bad. Good luck. I hope that that works out for you. I'm going to go. Let's see ya. That's not our God. Our God is, is like walking. He's like, you're going through stuff. I'm right here, you know. I'm ready. you got to reach out to me because I'm with you, you know, and I'm not going to let you go. Not going to let you go. I'm going to walk with you through this loss. I'm going to walk with you through this difficulty. I'm going to walk through, with you through addiction and troubles and struggles and all of it because life is so full of so much. But God is faithful, and he is not going to leave us to our own. He is not going to leave you in the mess. He's not going to leave you in the mess. And he will see you through. He will see you through. I know some of y'all going through some stuff. Amen? He will see you through all of it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. our God. I get excited about this. Isn't that cool? Creator of all this awesome God of ours loves you, loves me, never going to let us go. Hmm. grateful that this church is a part of my life. I'm grateful. I'm just grateful. I also recognize that gra- gratitude is a choice. It's not contingent on my circumstances. Each of us has to make that choice. We make it for ourselves, but it's a choice that will impact others in your life. Every time. As I was preparing for this, I, I found this story, so I want to share it with you. It's from Reverend Ram, John Ramsey, and it's from one of the Chicken Soup of the Soul books. It's a, this one is called A Second Helping of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And John Ramsey's talking about how in a church, a certain person would provide him with a boutonniere, a rose boutonniere for his, the lapel of, of his jacket every um, Sunday morning. And at first he really appreciated it, but then it became kind of a routine. It's not that he didn't appreciate it, but it was like, oh, I got to, you know, almost forget it's there, right? Because you're doing it every week. But so one Sunday, all of that changed for him. As he was leaving the Sunday service and he was headed out, there was a young boy who walked up to him and said, sir, what are you going to do with that flower? And at first he didn't remember that he even had it on, and, and, and then it clicked for him. And he said, oh, you mean this flower? And he said, yeah, if you're going to throw it away, I'd like to have it. And the preacher smiled, and he told him, you can have the flower, and then asked what he was going to do with it. And the boy, who was probably no more than 10 years old, said this. He said, sir, I'm going to give it to my granny. 
my mother and father divorced last year, and I was living with my mom, but she married, and she sent me to live with my dad, and I lived with him for a while, but he said I couldn't stay, so he sent me to live with my grandmother, and she is so good to me. She cooks for me, and she takes care of me, and she's been so good to me that I wanted to give her that pretty flower just for loving me. And when the boy finished, the preacher, of course, could hardly speak and overcome with emotion because he knew that God was speaking to him. He reached up and he unpinned the rose with the flower in his hand. He said, son, that's the nicest thing I've ever heard, but you can't have this flower because it's not enough. But I'll tell you what you can do is if you look up at the altar every week in this church, someone buys a bouquet of flowers and they put it on the altar. And I want you to go and get those flowers and take those to your grandmother because she deserves the very best. And the boy made one last statement. He said, what a wonderful day. I asked for one flower and I got a beautiful bouquet. When I talk about God being faithful, I know that oftentimes we ask for one flower. Father, get me through this. Do you know that God wants to give you a bouquet? That God wants to give you more than what we're asking for? That's who God is. That's gratitude. That's this attitude that we talk about when we talk about an attitude of gratitude. And gratitude can be the catalyst to change in lives far beyond our own, whether it's in Puerto Rico or in Houston or in Jefferson or Flowery Branch or Winder or wherever. It's whether, in, in, whether it's in the church or in a hospital, find the place of gratitude. There is much to be grateful for in our lives. It depends on where our focus is as to whether we'll see it. We have this tendency to look at what we don't have. What if? we started paying more attention to what we do have? What if we, we started overcoming anxiety because of, our ang- because of our gratitude and our understanding that God is wi- with us? What if we were able to find contentment because contentment comes from gratitude? When I'm grateful, it's not hard to be content with the things that are going on in my life. And the Apostle Paul knew this. He knew this from way back. And he gave us Uh, another passage to carry us through the ups and downs of our life. This is also, this is just before that er earlier passage I read. This is Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9, and this is the hang on to it when you're in a rough spell passage right here. This is one to hang on to. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You can go to God with anything. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. 
we're a small church here, and I have a lot of folks. We're a volunteer, servant-driven <laughs> church, and there are a lot of folks here at Arbor Point Church at West Jackson that I could spend the morning talking about. And I do, but I do want to recognize a couple this morning and, and over the course of time uh, point out some others that maybe you didn't know what they're doing. So I'm going to embarrass some people this morning because they don't know I'm going to do it. And I don't care. <laughs> so there are things I struggle with in, in ministry. And this, the one I'm going to talk about first is one that you might not think is a struggle point, but it really is. I'm really good in crisis, but what I struggle with is um, like the constant contact and calling people and, and sending cards and that kind of stuff. I, I really have a hard time doing that. I don't get that done. Um, I, I end up it somehow, and it's not that I don't care because I do. It's just that's one of my struggles. And um, fortunately here, we have someone who is uh, really, really blessed and gifted at that. And um, so what happens during the week is like we'll do our attendance with the tear-offs and, and I'll do the um, church track thing that we do and then I'll print, do a print-off and I'll write on the print-off the people you know to send cards to or, or the people that God just says, hey, send them something. So I'll ask for, for, her, for this person to send it to them. And she takes care of all kinds of other stuff anyway. She does, if, you've got a, if she knows your anniversary, you're going to get a card, okay? You're definitely going to get a card on, on birthdays. But, but this, this happens because this is her gifted area. And I'm so grateful because it's not my gifted area, right? But because Betty Green is here, I don't have to worry about that. So if you get a card from Arbor Point, she never signs them herself. She signs them Arbor Point Church because they're from us. And it's us working together. It's Betty and I together. Don't give me that look. <laughs> it's the best thing in the mailbox. Isn't it just the coolest thing? You know, and Betty loves doing that. She's great at doing that. And so, so I rely on her in order for that to happen. You know, so just know that, that, that we're a team here. I, we work together on all kinds of stuff. You know, there's another guy that, um, you know, I'm going to click the slide in a minute. But there's a lot of stuff that has changed around here um, from a facility standpoint in the last couple of years. And we've had great folks to, to, to be the trustee chair here. I'll go ahead and do it. Um, but the guy sitting up there, uh, <laughs> I like the one below, but the, that's Bob Collins. Uh, you know, he has overseen project after project and improvement after improvement here. I love the one on the, on, on the, on the bottom right just because that's his usual mode right there. <laughs> uh, Bob may not do the work, and they may not let him. He, you know, and we'll, you know they, he did measure the closet once, and I don't think they're going to let him do that again because, you know, it, it <laughs> that was smart of you, man. But Bob has made, and, and, and if you want to negotiate an agreement, man, just sit in and listen, because Bob can, Bob is good at that stuff. That's a gift that Bob has, and it has improved the facilities. You know, I wish I had pictures of earlier, because it's just not the same, you know, and those are volunteer folks, and our, uh, our band is a volunteer band, um, education, Christy Ray oversees education. And on and on it goes from, you know, the bulletin that gets done. <laughs> Everything that we do is, is servant-focused and servant-driven. 
We're here because those people have volunteered their time because Larry was out here. He doesn't even know that I know this, but he was out here during the Georgia-Georgia Tech game yesterday blowing leaves off the sidewalk. And he likes Georgia a little bit. <laughs> I guess he figures that wasn't much of a game, so he was good. <laughs> I guarantee he won't be here during the Alabama game. <laughs> but this is the, these things happen, right? <laughs> yeah, you never know, really. Um, these things happen because of y'all. You know, they happen because of y'all. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think on such things. Think on such things. Look for them. You'll find them in your life, even in the midst of struggle. There are good things going on. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Now, what he's saying is do it, right? Do it. Follow me. And the God of peace will be with you. See, you're making a difference. You're making a difference. This church is making a difference. God is moving in here and through you and impacting lives. And that is what it's about. It's about reaching people for Christ. It's about impacting lives. And that is what is happening in this place. And I'm very grateful to be a part of that and to be here with you all. It's, an, it's, it's a, an incredible time. We have a hope and a future that's promised by God, and we're going to live into that. As we go forward into Advent, because Advent starts next Sunday, we're going to do a series called Prepare the Way. And the Christmas Eve message will be about 2019 and the vision that we have for 2019. So I hope that you'll join throughout that, that series. Prepare the way.